0: In the name of the Holy Trinity, Amen. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. After taking care of the day's business as a prominent religious leader, after dinner, and more importantly, after sundown, Nicodemus seeks out Jesus. He slips through the dark streets of Jerusalem carrying a small oil lamp that fits in the palm of his hand. There's just enough light to find his way, but not enough to be recognized. Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night because this upstart Jesus has recently made a scene in the temple courtyard. He teaches new ideas about God and invites outsiders to become insiders, pretty unorthodox stuff. He proclaims God's love for just about anybody, the sick, the poor, the immigrants, all sorts of suspects. This rabbi from the sticks is stirring up people to reimagine God. The religious leaders already have a lot of information about God. It's all there enshrined in the law. You just have to follow the rules. And now even one of the establishment is getting interested Nicodemus is drawn to Jesus. He goes to see him, but only at night. Perhaps he doesn't want trouble. Maybe he doesn't want to embarrass himself in the eyes of the community. Nicodemus is one of those many figures in the Bible that is drawn to Jesus against their better judgment. They just cannot help themselves. And he has good company in his Hebrew forebear, Isaiah. Isaiah whom we also heard from today. Isaiah is so overwhelmed by the mystery and grandeur of God that he calls out into the smoky mist of the temple, here am I, send me, with no idea of what he is volunteering for. Isaiah and Nicodemus, like most of us, are works in progress. Like us, they are moving, evolving, being drawn to God. They respond because the old answers, the old laws, they're just not working anymore. These are hungry people, maybe disappointed or even restless people, and they long for more in their lives, something holy. They want relationship with something, someone bigger than themselves. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night, And Isaiah volunteers for something. They are drawn into relationship with God. Perhaps this has happened to you. Or if not, perhaps it will next week or the following week. Or maybe during a long night when you just need a little light to show you the way. We come into this world in relationship with God, the one who knows us first of all. As the late theologian Karl Rahner taught, we always and already know God. And this pull toward God, it's been going on for thousands of years, and we experience it now in many, many ways. Here in Asheville, we may feel close to God when we look out at our mountains, Or maybe we experience the, the holy in the love we have for one another. Or perhaps in the compassion we exchange with the stranger. Sometimes we are filled with boldness and clarity and we step up in ways that surprise us. It's amazing, like a divine power outside ourselves that propels us. We experience the holy in many different ways. In fact, our experiences of God are so diverse that the church had to call a meeting about it. Nearly 300 years after Christ, Christian leaders met to define the nature of God. This is like flying a kite in a hurricane. It did not go smoothly. But at the end of the Council of Nicaea, the tattered survivors presented the church with the notion of the Trinity. There is one God experienced in three primary ways, all of them having to do with God's generosity. There is the creator and the beloved creation, including us. There is the intimate presence of God in the earthly, generous person of Jesus. And there's the unpredictable spirit of God moving in the church and the world. God's generosity is the key to understanding the Trinity. God is always giving the divine self away through the Creator, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, this may be more doctrine than you needed before lunch. <laughs> but on this Trinity Sunday, I challenge you to think about the many ways that you experience God's generosity and revelation in your life. How do you experience God the Creator? How have you been shaped by the life of Jesus? How have you known the wild and wily Holy Spirit that surprises and inspires you. The Trinity is dynamic. It's generous. It fuels our generosity in the world around us. The relationships within God shape our relationships with God. And it seems to me that these relationships are needed now more than ever. Our country is increasingly divided, violent, and fragile. Lines are drawn between race, gender, class, citizenship, wealth, sexuality. We are deluged with fake news, bad news, and sad news. In the midst of all this, our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, preached about the love of God at the royal wedding last weekend. If you missed it, go to YouTube. The response has been astounding. A vision of a world fueled by love touched a nerve and has been received as something new and radical. And of course, God's love is always new, always radical. God's generosity knows no limits. It's just that the world keeps forgetting. And a simple wedding sermon gave us a poignant reminder. Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. Okay, so in this early part of John's gospel, Nicodemus doesn't want anyone to know that's all right. He shows up, and sometimes that's all any of us can do. He comes to see Jesus again and again. The renowned 19th century African-American painter, Henry Tanner has memorialized this scene forever in the public imagination. Tanner paints Jesus and Nicodemus on a flat rooftop at night, with the lights of Jerusalem twinkling behind them, and Nicodemus leans forward, listening intently. Two men on a shadowy roof, fixed forever in time and space on the canvas, and yet... One of these men's life is being changed. You see, Nicodemus comes down from the roof. We see him two more times in John's gospel. In chapter 7, he publicly defends Jesus among the religious leaders in broad daylight. At the end of the gospel, he anoints and buries the body of Jesus under the eyes of Roman soldiers. By the end of the story, Nicodemus risked everything for Jesus. Like Nicodemus, you and I are works in progress. We too are drawn to God today. Something, someone pulled us here. We came out of a spring day. We left behind the Sunday edition of the New York Times. We came into this community We are drawn again and again into relationship with the holy. And today we are reminded that God is revealed to us in many mysterious ways, including but not limited to, the Holy Trinity. It can be subtle. It can be overwhelming. But we keep coming back because we long for more in our lives. We seek relationship with something, someone bigger than ourselves. It is our relationship with God that makes all our other relationships possible, as Bishop Curry reminded us. As we mark this Trinity Sunday, I'm thinking about our ancestors in early Celtic Christianity They found evidence of God in the simplest details of everyday life and often tied it to the Trinity. It's said that St. Patrick just leaned over and picked up a shamrock to describe the Trinity. This accounts for a lot of decorations we see in the month of March. The Celtic Christians prayed their way through the day, beginning with splashing water on their faces three times in the morning in the name of the Trinity. I especially like the way they lovingly prepared their hearth, the center of their homes. Of course, in Ireland, they used peat in place of firewood. And the first peat was laid down in the name of the God of life. The second was laid in the name of the God of peace. And the third, in the name of the God of grace. Life Peace and grace. Our world is surely in great need of all three. So we go forward today as God's works in progress, sharing the divine generosity that makes our lives possible. Let us bless the world as we make our way in the name of the God of life, the God of peace, and in the name of the God of grace. Amen.